listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Thanks. Welcome. Uh, Y'all can uh, check off a win today for yourself because you're here. Uh, And there are those who are not here. Uh, You know, one of the things I'm going to talk about today... uh, is, uh, is, is action, is being a man of action. Um, uh, so much today, we were waiting. We're waiting for something to happen. And, uh, and so that's something I'm going to talk about. But yes, my, uh, my name is Jace McPherson. I know, I know a lot of you in here, uh, and I'm sure that you know, some of you are like, hey, I've never heard Jason speak before. Well, that makes two of us, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, you know, it, uh, if it goes badly, we'll, br- we'll blame Brother Randy because uh, uh, he asked me. But uh, it's funny, though, you know, when, I, when I think about this, uh, uh, my, my message today, what God's put in my heart, uh, uh, about five months ago, uh, Brother Randy came to me and he said, hey, Jason, what do you think about, you know, speaking at a man up breakfast? And I was like, you know, fear instantly came over me. You know, I was like, I was like, you know, oh, I don't know about that. But the funny thing was, is that God had already given me something to speak about. Like I knew he was going to ask me at some point in time to speak. And I was, I was almost dreading that because of the fear of getting up here and, and, and talking with you all and, and, and everything. And, and so, so I kind of, I was like, yeah, well, we'll see, you know, we'll think about it. And about two months ago, he was like, Hey, I'd, I'd like you to speak on July 10th. And, uh, and I, I, before I had a chance to think, I responded back, said, yeah, I'll speak. Uh, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to let fear get the best of me, you know, and, and of course, as you're preparing uh, for this, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that in this process, uh, I've found that if you ever want God to deal with you, uh, on something, uh, prepare a message, uh, because, uh, it's, it's amazing, uh, what you'll find out about yourself, uh, as you dig in, it's, uh, it's something that's completely different than chair time. Um, it's, it's, it's a whole other level of, uh, of, of closeness, um, uh, with God and, and, and really opening up for him to deal with you. Um, so, uh, what God put on my heart today is something that I feel like can, uh, will, will change us, uh, change our lives as men, as husbands, as dads, grandparents, whatever it may be, but it'll change our families and I really feel to change the perspective of uh, how the non-believer looks at a Christian, right? Because ultimately, that's, that's what our mission is, right, is to win the lost. And how do we do that? By loving, looking, and living like Jesus. I always say those out of order, too, Pastor Dan. I, mean, I know. I, I change up the order on that. But, 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 but really, that's, that's, that's what it's about. So... Uh, my message title today is, What Are We Waiting For? What are we waiting for, right? It's about action. It's about taking action. Uh, and so, you know, as we, uh, uh, I, I've, I've heard messages uh, from numerous uh, pastors and churches and things like that, and, and, and I, I think that sometimes it gets lost where we, uh, messages are about spiritual authority, um, and God's promises, but it fails to talk about the action that's required afterwards, uh, or it's misguided action 
uh, without talking about what our spiritual authority is. And I think it's important that we marry up the two, that we really, we, we know who we are in Christ, what kind of authority God has given us, and then we go out and we take action on that authority. Um, and so I want to talk about what, what that action looks like. Um, you know, a lot of times I, I hear uh, Christian buzzwords, uh, and usually the Christian buzz phrases, I'll say, come from non-believers who uh, like to quote scripture out of context uh, to, uh, you know, uh, don't judge lest ye be judged, you know, or eye for an eye or turn the other cheek. But really as Christians, we can also... Uh, use phrases that I like to call Christianese, right? We say these things, and to, uh, but we, we don't really dig into what they mean, but it's part of our lingo, so we say them, right? Um, one of those is faith without works is dead, right? We say faith without works is dead, but what does that really mean, right? Does that mean uh, faith, so I'm having faith for healing and I don't get a miracle, so was the, was the miracle works, or is it that I have faith, but uh, my, do I show fruit to the Spirit? Is that what the, the works are? But really, uh, I, I want to dig into it a little bit more. So uh, James, uh, we'll dig into James two fourteen through 26, and uh, James 14 through 26, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things uh, which they are needed for their body, what does it profit? Thus also faith, thus also faith without, uh, by itself if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe. I, I like that part because it's kind of like, that's kind of a jab, right? Uh, you believe that there is one God. Well, good for you, you know? I mean, even the demons believe and tremble. But do you, uh, do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he, have, he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see than that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. And so I bring that up because uh, it was a physical action that Abraham took. It wasn't, uh, it, it, he was directed by God to do something. He had a promise from God. He knew he had a promise from God and he went and took action. But I want to dig into it a little bit further because I think so often we hear these stories in the Bible. We hear about Abraham and Noah, and we know the stories. So it starts, we start to compress those stories, and we start to dehumanize the man that is in the story. We start, we start saying, oh, yeah, you know, Abraham. Yeah, we know the story. Uh, uh, God told Abraham to sacrifice his son, so he took him up on a mountain, and he laid him on an altar. He took his knife, and the angel of the Lord came in and said, hey, don't touch your son. Here's a ram. Go ahead and make the offering right? And I mean, that's, we know the story, but really, when you think about it, you really have to think of and humanize Abraham. He was a man just like us. 
You know, he had thoughts and feelings. He was someone who it wasn't, you know, I've heard people say, well, Abraham knew that God would raise his son from the dead if he actually sacrificed him or that he, you know, he knew that God was not going to sacrifice him. Hey, look, we, we know that God gives us healing. We know that our healing's paid for. We know that, we know that he wants us to be prosperous, right? Why? Why don't, why aren't we, why aren't we just, you know, it just happened, right? Because, because we're humans, we have doubts, we have thoughts that come into our mind. And Abraham was the same way. He had those thoughts. He had, he had those, uh, you know, God said, I want you to sacrifice your son. He got up the next morning. He took action like immediately. Like, it's like, okay, he got up the next morning, uh, chopped the wood for the burnt offering, saddled up the mules and headed out, Right. This wasn't that he was going to Mount Moriah, and it's it's not it wasn't uh, just in his backyard, right? This is this is he had to go on a hike, right? I mean, I got to go on a hike a couple months ago with uh, with my two boys and my future son-in-law, uh, and it was it was a blast. I cherish that time with 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 my kids. I love it. It's it's. You know, it was we had there was a lot of pain. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it, but uh, uh, but but it was a blast. And I can only imagine. I mean, I know that the luster of hiking for Abraham and Isaac—they didn't call it hiking back then; they called it traveling. Uh, you know, I mean, because they didn't have any other options. Uh, but but I can just imagine that Abraham, what he had to deal with to take this action, because. He didn't tell Isaac, hey, look, we're going to go and I'm going to sacrifice you. Uh, let's enjoy this three-day trip together. You know, that's, that's not the way that it went, right? I mean, you could tell because on three days after they had traveled, he said, uh, he, Isaac said, hey, you know, we got the wood, we got the knife, we got the fire. So, you know, where's, where's the lamb? So, uh, you know, he didn't know what was happening. And I think Abraham did that because he wanted to spend the possible last moments of his life with his son, having a good time with his son. You have to realize he wasn't a toddler. This, this, uh, he was like between 25 and 35-ish. He had an, he had, this was a miracle son that he had a relationship with. He loved this son. He, he, I, I can just imagine the closeness he had with him, considering how old he was when he had him and everything. And he wanted to spend these last times with him. But you don't think at night there was thoughts coming into Abraham's mind? Hey, bail out on this. This can't be God. God would never ask you to do this and talk himself out of it. He had every opportunity to bail out and not take action and say, hey, you know, now nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be obedient. I'm just going to, you know, this, that, you know, that can't be it, right? But he didn't. He took the action, he went, he did it, and of course, <clears throat> then we can kind of fast forward to the end of the story. He, he goes to sacrifice his son, the angel of the Lord shows up and stops him, and, uh, and then, you know, we, we know the rest of the story there, but, but it was the action that he took. <clears throat> and, then I look at, and then I look at Noah, who had a completely different action plan uh, than Abraham. You know, God said, 
Genesis 6, 14 through 21, he gives him detailed instructions. Like Abraham, he didn't give him all the instructions. He says, hey, I just want you to go sacrifice your son. He didn't tell him the rest of the story, right? He didn't say, but I'm not going to make you do it. With Noah, he was like, hey, I'm going to send a flood, and I'm pretty much going to wipe out the earth. I want you to build an ark, and this is how big I want it to be, and this is the measurements I want it to be. This is everything you're going to put in it, and all this kind of stuff, right? I mean, he gave him every detail of this thing. And, and, and then in 22, Genesis 6:22, he says, he did it, right? So he took action. The problem is, is that there is a gap between Genesis 21, Genesis 6:21, and Genesis 6:22 that we're not talking about. And this is, this is where we humanize Noah, right? It's estimated that it took somewhere between 55 and 75, up to 90 years to build the ark. That's a lot of time to bail out. I looked at the map, man. Like, this was like Mesopotamia area. And I kind of looked at that map, and I didn't see any, see any reason to have a boat that size in that area. I mean, it wasn't, there, there was no other cruise liners coming through, you know. Uh, I mean, it was, it was like in the middle of the desert, right? And he's building this boat. You don't think that his family was like, dad, are you sure? You know, uh, honey, are you sure? His friends were probably thought he was crazy. They don't talk about that part of it, the struggle that he had, you know? And so I look at those two action plans and I'm like, I'm like, you know, they, each of them probably would have loved to have had the action plan and the timeline of the other one, right? Abraham probably would have been a lot better with it if God would have said, hey, in 55 to 75 years, maybe 90, I want you to sacrifice your son. You know, I mean, that's a lot of time to digest that and really talk through it and figure it out, right? It's not like a five-day trip. Whereas Noah probably would have loved it if God would have said, hey, uh, I want you to build a boat for you and your family, you know, maybe, maybe a week, two weeks tops, and then I'm going to send the flood. That would have been a lot easier for him to digest, you know. And so that's, that's what I look at as, as, as we go through life. Are we looking at the action plans or the callings of other people and saying, hey, I want that? I want that action. I, I, I want that. That's, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, if, and then we say things like this. We make excuses because of someone else's success or, or, or perceived success or, or whatever it may be. And we say, hey, you know, if I had a personal trainer, I'd be skinny too, you know. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Uh, you know, and then I've even heard this. I've even heard, um, um, why are they blessed and I'm not? They're not even a Christian. And I'm like, because, you know, they're willing to do the action. That's, that's the thing. The, the, the guy who's skinny is willing to do the action. The guy who is blessed is willing to do the action. We have to be willing to do uh, the action. Uh, you know, I would say this, and I don't think there's any argument, that uh, it's, a, it's a lot easier to do nothing than it is to do something 100% of the time. 100% of the time, it's a lot easier to do nothing. And the reason, uh, you, know, uh, you know, we talk about, uh, we talk about how, uh, well, last minute, man at breakfast, uh, Pastor Dan, he talked about how you and God are on a seesaw, right? 
that, you know, God has, he's paid for our salvation. He's paid for our healing. He's, he's, he's paid, he's, he's promised to bless us. And so he's pushed up on the seesaw and he's sitting up there and we're at the bottom of the seesaw and we're going, thanks. I'll just be down here until you get all that happening, right? But there's an action that we have to do. We have to push up. We have to, we have to take control of some of the things in our lives. And so uh, I want to talk about four areas of our lives that, that we control uh, and why they matter for spiritual uh, warfare. You know, um, again, the last man up breakfast, if you haven't heard the last man up breakfast, it was amazing. Like uh, Pastor Dan's message was on point and you need to listen to it as well as all the man up breakfasts. I've listened to Ephraim's man up breakfast eight times in the last 30 days. 30 days, eight times. So one of the four areas is physical and mental well-being. And that's where I, I, I know I struggle in that area. I know that that's something that I'm not an expert there. But the, but the four areas uh, are wisdom or the ability to obtain wisdom, uh, physical and mental well-being, physical mental health, relationships, and finances. These are things that we control. But these are also things that have the, the, the greatest possibility of the enemy coming at us with a storm. Uh, trying to get involved in our in our life and and you know last man up breakfast like I was going to say you know it was about it was called into the storm and and pastor Dan talked about how uh, bison when there's a storm they square up and they walk into the storm Um, and we should do the same thing with our spiritual authority we can't lay down we can't run away right but I think there's ways I think there's times when we're partnering our we're partnering with the enemy, uh, and we don't know it, to create storms in our lives. So, you know, by complacency and, and unwillingness to, to take action, we're inviting the enemy to come exploit our weaknesses. Um, John 10.10 says, the enemy comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. Let me say that again. The enemy comes not, but to kill, steal, and destroy. You know what that tells me? The enemy is laser-focused and has goals. There's, he doesn't show up to hang out with you. He doesn't show up just to check in, see what's going on. What's going on with Jason? How's he doing? No, when he shows up, he's coming in to do something. He's coming in and he'll attack you with your thoughts. He'll make you be complacent, or he won't make you. He will encourage you to be complacent. You're good. You're good. You don't need to do anything. Just sit back. But I'll tell you that if you're a football fan, you know that if you've got a team with a shutdown corner and he's going to be on the number one receiver, Right? I mean, that, that's going to happen. But what happens when that shutdown corner goes out with an injury? They bring in the second string or the rookie. Where's the quarterback going all day long? He's going to exploit the weakness. That's the same thing that the enemy's looking to do. He's looking to see where we're, going, where we're weak so that he can jump in there and he can cause storms.
you know, uh, wisdom is, I'm going to start with wisdom because it is, it sets the stage for the management of everything else. And when I talk about wisdom, uh, it's not, it's, it's not just godly wisdom because that's important. There's, there's nothing that takes the place of your chair time and your prayer time, right? That you've, you've got to have that. The question is, is what do we do after it? And in Proverbs 3.13 3, 13 through 24, I think it says, it, uh, it, it, it lays it out pretty clearly that it's not just about godly wisdom, it's about earthly wisdom too. My, uh, I'll start the right one, hold on. Uh, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding, for her proceeds are better than profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. And a lot of times that's where we stop with that. And we're like, yeah, we got to get wisdom. woo Right? But uh, she is more precious than rubies, and all the things that you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. And the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the depths were broken, and the clouds dropped, dew, dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. <laughs> Right there, it talks about length of days, uh, wealth, riches, honor, length of days, uh, physical, mental, mental health, uh, wealth, your finances, uh, honor, relationships, um, pleasantness, peace. Those are things mental, mental uh, health. These are all things that we should be striving to look for. Right, we we need to obtain. So, where are we getting this wisdom? Well, we don't know everything. I don't know everything. I'm not an expert in everything. Matter of fact, uh, in January, my wife and I moved into a house that that we built, and uh, and when we got there, we had a refrigerator that we were going to put in the space where the refrigerator is going to go. When we got there, we realized that the contractor who did the cabinetry and the contractor who did the floor. We're not on the same page because we were about a quarter inch off and we couldn't get the refrigerator in. And, and I'll just say this right now because, you know, I'm, I'm confident in this, that if you ever need something done, like if you need, you're, like you need a home project done, you don't call me. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I had a friend one time that every time I had a project, he came over. But every time he had a project, he kept it a secret from me. That's not a lie. Like, I'd find out. He's like, yeah, I built a pergola. And I'm like, why didn't you ask me to help? He's like, because I only wanted to build it once. You know? I mean, that's... So, so I needed a carpenter, right? And even though Jesus is, was a carpenter, there was nothing in here that told me how to get that refrigerator into that space. So I had to call another carpenter. So I called the best carpenter I know, or I texted him, and it was Randy. Uh, and I was like, hey, I'm in a spot, man. Uh, how do I, you know, I, I think I have an idea. And he's like, yeah. He says, you're going to notch that out. And it was just the hinges, right? So it was like a quarter inch, three inches long. And he's like, just notch that out. And he sent me a video. He's like, this is how you're going to do 
do it. He was actually, it looked like he was in my kitchen. Like he was working on some cabinetry at that time. And, uh, and I was like, okay. So I started, uh, I started using the chisel like he told me to. But the problem is, is that the one board was going this way and the other board was going this way. And I had to start right here. And so as I, the first time I hit the chisel, as you can imagine, all the grains going this way, it started to split. And immediately I was like, I've ruined the kitchen. I've ruined the kitchen. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not doing anything ever again. You know, but I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll text Randy. And Randy had told me, he said, I'll come over and do it. And I was like, well, no, I want to give it a try, right? I, I want to give it a try. I want to learn something. Listen, I'm not good at stuff, but I can learn. And, uh, and so anyways, he said, okay, well, here's another method, do this. And so he said, and again, he said, I'll come over and do it if you can't get it done or if you don't feel comfortable. And I was like, no, I'll give it a shot. So I did it. I did it and it worked out great. Uh, you know, it, it, you can't, I mean, you wouldn't even notice if you walked in, except for anybody that comes over to my house now is going to be looking at my fridge, <laughs> you know, but, but that's the thing is, is the action that I took created confidence for later. Because if I have another issue that has to do with carpentry and I call Randy up and he's like, hey, he said, just do this. I'm going to try it, right? I already was successful once. I got to win, you know? So now I'm going to look to have more wins. And I could have just said, yeah, come over and help me out. I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that. What would be next time I need something done? What do, I, what do I do? I would call him again. He'd come over and help me again. Never getting more knowledge. Never, never learning something new. And here's the thing, God's given us all different talents, doctors, electricians, carpenters, lawyers, personal trainers, the list goes on. We're not all good at everything, but we probably know someone who's good where we have the need, right? But here's the key. We have to self-diagnose, you know, we have to look and say, where are my weaknesses, right? Everybody in this room knows where their weaknesses are. The question is, is what they'll do about them. Will they go get the knowledge to compensate for that weakness, that's, that's the question. Uh, Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel, plans go awry, but in a multitude of counselors, they are established. You need a multitude of counselors around you. You need people in your life. You need to form, and that's where we'll talk about relationships. You know, relationships are important. You need people around you that know stuff. But here's the other thing that you need. You need people around you that'll speak positively into your life, but will also speak the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts, but the truth is positive. You know, there's a, a, Hall, a Hall of Fame linebacker, uh, uh, Ravens uh, linebacker, uh, Ray, Will, uh, Ray Lewis, uh, who also uh, played for University of Miami, go Canes. Uh, <laughs> he said, if an eagle is flying and sees another bird flying as high, it must be another eagle. It must be another eagle because pigeons don't fly at the altitude of eagles. If you find yourself flying with pigeons, you might be flying too low. Show me your crowd and I'll show you your future. Show me your goals and I'll tell you what eagles to go research. You need people in your life that are pushing you. If you spend a lot of time with folks who want to complain about politics, their job, their life, being a social justice warrior on social media, looking at social media for validation and encouragement, you found a flock of pigeons. Find people that inspire change that, and, and, and that instead of complaining about where they are. 
You know, I, I, uh, I listen to a podcast uh, because I, I, try to, I, I try to gain wisdom in, 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 in different areas. And, and uh, not everybody that speaks in, into my life is a Christian. That's the other thing, too, is there's people that know things that they haven't found Christ yet. You know, I believe they will uh, or they know better. Uh, but, uh, but, and I'm not saying that this person's, uh, uh, not a Christian, uh, but, uh, his name's Bradley and, and I've shared some stuff on Facebook lately cause he has some great nuggets. One of the things he said is whoever is bringing out the best in me is who gets access to me. The other one is don't let people that are going nowhere talk you into going with them. Yeah. So and, and let me say this too, uh, dads, grandpas, uh, those of you who don't have kids yet, chase your kids, chase your grandkids, because if you wait on them to schedule time with you, it's never going to happen. You have to be part of their lives. You have to make an effort to be part of their lives. You can't just sit back and say, oh, they're busy. I'll wait for them to get to me. No, no, no insert yourself into their lives. They want you there. They want you there. So, you know, you're supposed to chase after your wife after you get married, continue to chase after her. You got to chase after your kids too and your grandkids. Don't let, don't, don't, don't let them go. You're creating a legacy. You're speaking into their life. You have a lot, you have, you have more wisdom than they have. You have more wisdom than, than, than they think they have. <laughs> but listen, you, your family is your first ministry. It's your priority. Everything else is after that. God would not have you minister to other people and leave your family in the dust to not, to not minister to them. So, uh, so I, I talk about, you know, physical, uh, physical health. I would encourage you to go listen to Ephraim's, uh, uh, Ephraim's Man Up Breakfast on physical health because I know when I walked up here, you guys were like, he's totally going to talk about physical health because the specimen that's walking up on stage. But, uh, but, I, but I'll tell you that I do, I, I struggle with that, you know. I've always, I've always been athletic, but I've always carried a lot of weight with me. But here's the thing is, I know that if it doesn't get addressed, if it doesn't get addressed, I'm opening myself up for storms in the future. Now, I'm not talking, I'm not speaking things into my life negative, negatively. I'm telling you that, you know, when sickness comes on me right now, it doesn't last. I know where, I know where my authority is. Colds, allergies, stuff like that, seasonal stuff that comes on, I know where my authority is. That stuff does not last in my body. But if I don't take care of my temple, when things go wrong because of that, God will heal you, but I'm saying that you have a lot more confidence speaking against stuff when you have taken action earlier on and had that maintenance. Because you can say, devil, you don't have grounds in my body. Not only did Christ pay for my healing, but I have also taken the steps to make sure that I've taken care of my temple. This is for me too. This is what I'm saying. This is for me too. Uh, so it's, 
you know, it's just about changing a little thing. It's just, I'm going to echo what Ephraim said. It's not about, it's not about getting extreme. It's not diets. It's changing little things in your life. Just chalk up some wins. You know, I started, I'm like, leave a chip in the bag. I mean, come on. You know, when, when I was growing up, I was, uh, when I was growing up, uh, it, I was always told to be part of the clean plate club. Did anybody else have the clean plate club growing up, right? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is the outcome of the clean plate club. I feel a need to finish whatever's in front of me, you know, but sometimes, because I eat for taste too, right? I mean, I like things that taste good. You know, I'm not looking to have a diet of, of like kale and bro- broccoli. That's, that's, not, that's not where I live, you know. Uh, I live with like peanut butter cheeseburgers. I mean, that's, you know, uh, and, and that's okay to have that as long as that's not what you're having every meal, right? Right, Ephraim? You know? But maybe don't get the fries, you know? I mean, listen, you know, our, our, our stomach's capacity is a lot smaller than what we think it is. Uh, and so, anyways, I'm, 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 I'm learning, and, 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 and you don't try, you do, right? You, you don't, I'm trying to lose weight. You, you don't try. You, you either, listen, if you leave a chip in the bag, you're losing weight, right? You don't try to leave the chip in the bag. You either do it or you don't. So, so anyways, change, you know, just little, little things that it's uh, little things. Um, so finances, finances is, is, uh, is, is kind of a big thing. You know, the first thing I have to start at is, are you trust, do you trust and honor God with your finances? Are you actively supporting the kingdom of God? Because really there's, there's two, there's three choices. Um, but you're either supporting the kingdom of God or you're going, or you're doing both. I mean, you can do both, but you're either supporting it or you're going. You know, uh, there, there's, you know, you have to put yourself in a position uh, to be the blessing, because you either are you putting yourself in a position to need blessing or be the blessing, and that's really about managing your finances. You know, we have to have finances. To do things, to have things, to go places, all for the kingdom of God takes money. Got to have it, you know? It's the love of money. It's the root of all evil. It's when you can't balance finances and your relationship with God, that's where you have problems. Are you seeking financial advice and planning for the future? Listen, if you're not budgeting, you need to budget. You need to figure it out. You know, you need to look through, you need to go through your finances, you need to figure out what am I spending money on, especially if you're like, I don't know that I have, I don't know that I have enough to give, you know, I'm just going to say it, you know, uh, you know, I just don't know if I have enough to give. I wonder what's on Netflix. I wonder what's on Amazon Prime. I wonder what's on Hulu. Man, there's nothing on TV. All right, well, listen, all that, all that costs money, you know, I, I'm... I'm not saying to give up your stuff, but I'm kind of saying give up your stuff. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if, you, if you're not in a place where you can bless others, you need to get there quick. Because here's the thing. If you're positioning yourself to need blessing, that means you have a need. If you're positioning yourself to be a blessing, that means your needs are met and you're meeting other people's needs.
<clears throat> what does the word say about planning for the future and laying up treasures? <clears throat> we look in Proverbs uh, 6, 6 through 11, it talks about, uh, talks about, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, oversee a ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O oh sluggard? When will you rise from sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. <clears throat> it's not just about finances with that, too. It's, it's about getting up and doing something and getting moving, too, physically. But, but, that's, but that's talking about planning. you got to plan. And that goes back to having advisors, too. You have to have people that know how to plan. Not everybody knows how to plan with their money. Not everybody knows what, what they're spending their money on. It also, uh, you know, folks will say, you know, uh, Luke, you know, Luke 12, 16 through 21 uh, Jesus, the parable of the rich man who was blessed and, and uh, he was laying up, you know, he was laying up all these treasures. Here, here, here's the thing. We, we, we really need to look at this because uh, <laughs> then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will make a bad financial decision. I will pull down all of my barns, and I will build greater, and there I will store my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. ease eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then who will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself, for himself, and is not rich toward God. That's the key right there. Listen, if you're trying to lay up Riches for your, you've got to lay up riches to take, you've got riches. That, I, I, I feel like a pirate when I say that sometime. You have to lay up booty, you know. But, uh, but really, the, uh, the thing is, is you have to plan for the future. You know, the kingdom of God needs support no matter what age you are, at what stage of life you're in. The problem with this rich man is he saw that he had so much that instead of just building another barn, I'm going to tear down my barns. I mean, that's, I mean, why not just build another barn, build some more barns? Maybe it was, maybe, maybe he was locked in, landlocked. I don't know, but I'm just saying, or how about this? I got more than I need. How about I help my community? How about I help those who don't have, because I assure you that he was going to continue to be blessed. And especially if he didn't stop working, he stopped working. He's like, I'm good, you know? I mean, if he would keep working and help others, he would be more blessed than what he was already blessed. It would just keep coming. You know, we've got, we can't be a bucket. We've got to be a sieve, right? Everything that comes in, you get a bucket, it just fills up, it fills up. Eventually, it overflows, right? But all the time that it's filling up, it can only, you can only pour so fast, right? With a sieve, it just keeps on going. It's just, it, the pouring continues and it keeps going down to other people. You've got to put yourself in a position 
to bless other people. And in order to do that, you have to take action on your finances. Well, how do you do that? I mean, you know, I, I work a job. You know, God worked six days and he took one day off. I mean, there's, listen, you got to put in the work. Uh, you know, Jehovah Jireh is our provider. You know, we can claim that. But Colossians 3.23 says, and I know you won't have this, that's fine. Uh, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul that it is put, that, it, that is, put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. Do everything to his glory. And Deuteronomy 38 says, the Lord your God will make you abundantly prosper in all the work you put your hands to. All the work that you put your hands to. You got to put in the work. You got to put in the work. Hey, you know what? You might be putting in work and you may not like your job. And that's, that's going to happen. You know, not everybody likes their job where they are. But sometimes that puts food on the table. You know what? But hey, you know what? Make some changes. You know, get a different mindset. You know, a lot of times we are like, hey, you know, give me the responsibility uh, or give me the money first and then give me the responsibility. But I'll tell you this, that uh, the folks that you see moving up are the ones who say, give me the responsibility. No, 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 don't worry about the money. Just give me the responsibility. I want more responsibility. Give me more. Give me more. You know what that does too? You learn. It's wisdom. You're gaining wisdom. It's going to be, if it, and here's the thing, is that if you're asking for that responsibility, your employer has someone that they can build on. They have someone, when I have people like that that work for me that are like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm like, go for it. And I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them time. I'm going to, I'm going to mentor them and push them to be better. You know what, though? Sometimes you ask for all that, and it's not, it's not your fault that you're not where you want to be. Your employer may not see your value. And then you have to make decisions, Right? I'm not, telling, I'm not telling anybody to go quit their job. I'm just saying, you know, you, you need to understand that you've got you've to put in some time. So, um, so I, I, I did pretty good. I'm, I'm, uh, so uh, I got to wrap up now. <laughs> I was really listening to Ephraim's where he's like, oh, man, I didn't know what time it was. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, I, I want to leave you with a couple things. You know, uh, I listen. I listen to, uh, like I said, I listen to a podcast. Uh, one of the things that he says is, if you want to, if you want to change what you're getting, you have to change what you're doing. If you want to change what you're doing, you have to change your behavior. And if you want to change your behavior, you have to change what you believe. So when you get up in the morning, don't get on your phone. Don't get on your phone. Spend some time being grateful. Spend some time thinking, God sent his only son for me. Spend some time with him. Give him the first part of your day. Have a little time of prayer. Have a little time in the word. Start out reading a proverb. Maybe you're, not, maybe you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to, what to read. Read a proverb. There's like 31 of them. Read one for the day. Start with that. There is so much good stuff in proverbs. Once you start digging into proverbs, you'll want to dig into other places. Um, I mean, that's where a lot of my verses come from today. Proverbs is full of wisdom. So start with that for the day. Then go do something. Go do something before you get on your phone. Go walk around. Do some jumping jacks. Go for a walk. Do something. You know, get the blood flowing. Get the endorphins flowing, right? 
Then get your mindset for the day. Get your mind right for the day. I'm going to work, okay? I'm going to pray for my boss. I'm going to make my boss successful today. I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to make sure that he doesn't get blindsided with things that he didn't know were coming. I'm going to give him the heads up. I'm going to look out for him. I want to make sure that he's in a position to be successful because if he's successful, I'll be successful. Get your mind right before you go to work. And then find a self-help book. Find something. Get some wisdom. Read 10 pages in something. You know, um, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of good ones. Uh, I, I'll even plug Bob Goff, Everybody Always. That's, that's, that's a great book, man. It's about loving people. Start with that, you know. Uh, but but that's, uh, that's what I have for you today. You know, take action. Take control of the things in your life. Start assessing your weaknesses. Start making changes. Start improving on those. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.